0: welcome to Miked up sports the show that gives people in sports an unfiltered platform to share their stories if you want to help us tell more stories check us out at patreon.com slash television paypal.me slash television or on cash app at TSB television thanks for joining us and enjoy the show Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Miked Up Sports, the show that goes in-depth with the people who build our sports community. If you are watching this on our YouTube or Spotify channels, we're glad you can join us. And don't forget to check out our past episodes. We have plenty of interviews, plenty of stories archived in our database. And the next story we are going to archive in our ever-growing library is Rajanae Meadows, who just finished her prep career in basketball at Roseville Area High School, has college plans. We'll find out where soon enough. She's still deciding on a few places, but you will see her on the basketball court again. And Rajon, thanks for coming on. I know you and I had talked earlier this week and this kind of came together quickly, but I'll start with this. Since your basketball season ended this week in sections, Looking back on it, especially this past season when there was some uncertainty on whether or not there would be a season, what reflections do you have and what are your takeaways from getting one last opportunity to showcase your abilities?
1: Well, the takeaway that I have is, like, you can never know what happens. Like, we got into a pandemic thinking that it was just going to be, like, a few weeks, and then it turned into a year. And then we got scared that we didn't know that if we were going to get our season or not. And then me personally, be getting a new coach from my, for my senior year, it was kind of difficult. So like, play, from playing in the mask and then getting a new coach and then all having to learn new things, it was it was a difficult time. But like, my team got it. We we got it pretty good at adjusting to the new norm, because the new norm is wearing masks during your games. And like, we we worked it out really good to to come out.
0: And if you don't mind, on the subject of a coaching change, I had spoken with your teammate, Tamia Yugas, last summer, just after your former coach announced that he was stepping down. Uh, but the person who came in knows a thing or two about basketball and has some strong credentials. in Tanisha Scott, and she brought most of her coaching staff, the only person who didn't come along, got the head coaching job at Eastridge. So, you know, Tanisha has a lot of experience, a state title at De La Salle. How did you adapt to the coaching change and how quickly did everyone get on board?
1: I feel like I adapted. It took me a little while because like I feel I was so used to my old coach and his ways that I was just like Oh, we used to do it this way, but now I have to realize that, you know, somebody else is coming into the program, so I have to adjust and do it their way, but I think our team got used to it pretty fast, like, it wasn't that hard to adjust, it's just like, she does, she did a couple things different that we weren't used to, so we had to feel, we had to realize that it was a new person coming into the program, and that we couldn't do anything, like, to, like, change her mind, or, like, we wouldn't want to anyway, but we just had to do some things different
0: in order to make our season good. And I'd say your season did end up pretty good based on your standards. I know you would have loved another chance to make it to state. And with you having college plans, I think this last year, maybe is a helpful indicator or a hint on what to expect because you're going to have a new coach and a new system no matter where you go. So I would say this past season gave you a primer on what to expect. And I imagine it taught you a few things on how you can handle change that will help you when you make the transition to college ball.
1: Yeah. So like she, she was saying that she was like, we're getting you ready for college basketball. This is how it's going to be. And I was like, I I understand that. Like you, I'm going to have to get used to change because this could be like my first time having a new coach in my, in my senior year, but next year I'm going to have a whole new different coach with a whole new scenery. So like, I just had to get used to it. It took me a a while, but I normally, I'm normally like that when I have to get used to things because I'm not like used to change. I don't like change, but I feel like it was a good change.
0: Well, the last 12 months, I think have taught a lot of us about how to handle change because we've had to, get accustomed to a lifestyle none of us ever planned for on that subject you mentioned playing with masks that took some time to get used to but ultimately it wasn't a barrier i know there was some difficulty keeping it covered properly and that's not out of opposition or rebelliousness to these masks you just realize how hard it is when everyone's going full throttle Uh, it's hard to keep that equipment on what was your experience playing with the masks this season?
1: Um, it was hard. Like we got we got a few new masks. Like we had a new change. Like um, our coach Tanisha, her mom made a mask, and it was it was so cute. It had like a little logo on it, but it was cloth. And it was it was one game, and I I remember it so vaguely. Like it, it just kept going in my mouth, like as I was trying to breathe in. So I just couldn't play. I missed like three free throws, I mean, three layups in a row. And I was just like, yeah, I gotta go back to the other mask." So I had to go and get a new mask. But like, sometimes I'll find myself like pulling it off my um, mouth and turning around to like breathe a little bit and then I'll put it back on. It was, it was really hard, like coming off of a year of no basketball, no running, no nothing, being in the house to going full throttle and having something covering your mouth where you couldn't really breathe. So that took a long time to get used to it. I'm probably still not used to it because it's so hard and I, I breathe so heavily and I get so hot so fast. So it was just very hard to like get used to.
0: Well hopefully we can play a little more normal next season. I know you'll be playing at the college level by that point but you know I'm hopeful that as we continue to vaccinate the population that won't be a thing for players and we saw there wasn't any issues with compliance because I think most players like yourself wanted another chance to play you knew what the risks involved were and if that meant having to wear a mask then hey that's what you're going to do and (laughs) I just want to be clear for anyone out there I know some try to make a big deal out of masks but yeah I didn't see any teams call off games because of that. Uh, Unfortunately, some teams had to end their seasons prematurely due to positive tests. And we're seeing that in all levels of sport. I know you and I imagine everyone else did what you could to ensure you could play games and prevent potential exposure to the coronavirus. Uh, But knowing that you were playing a season where theoretically any game could have been your last, how did that adjust your approach and how do you think that maybe gave you a greater appreciation for the sport?
1: It did give me a big appreciation because like people know that like we didn't none of us got the corona so our season did go all the way through but I know a lot of people whose season did get cut short or they had to stop mid-season so I know they were like really sad and I was just like yeah I wouldn't want the that to go on anybody. So I we just all played our game. Like it was our last. Like we all I know all my teammates put it out all on the floor all the time. And we just went hard. And we started off really like slow, but we picked it up really fast going on a streak. And I know all my teammates are like are so grateful to be able to play.
0: Well I do want to express my gratitude that none of you got sick. I know a few players from high school teams who did get the coronavirus and one from college. And fortunately she recovered and was able to resume playing for her collegiate team. But this is no joke. And I know I can't wait to get back out there. As much as I hated missing out on covering athletes like yourself and so many others, You know, it's like, hey, my priority is to protect the people I care about. And if that means I got to lay low for a while, I'm happy to do that uh, because the way I see it, as I was telling you beforehand, I can always come back to cover more games, but not if I create a situation where I get myself or others sick and it leads to long term problems. So taking a short term hit, hopefully for a long term gain. Right. So we've been talking about this season and we'll circle back to that but i'm curious region what was the starting point the first moment of memory that got you hooked on the sport of basketball
1: so i started playing basketball when i was maybe in like uh six no fourth grade i think fourth fifth one of those and I played for the Salvation Army. Um, I had just started getting into it. They like, I went to like the summer, I mean, not the summer day camp, the um, after school program. And they saw me and they were like, you'd probably be really good at basketball. And I was like, whoa, I've never, never really thought of basketball. And so I tried it out and it was like really fun. Like you got like a sisterhood, you got like, a nice workout in you got like all these people who cared about you and everything. And me, like my mom did, didn't really like, wasn't really big on my sports back then. And like, so I had to get a lot of help from like my coaches and my, like my sisters, moms and all of those, like, we all got really close, did sleepovers and everything. And it was just so fun. And I was like, this would be like something to do. Like when you're older, like this is really fun. You get paid to do what you love. So I was just like, Well, this will be good for me, and I like basketball, and it was, like, really fun to do, and I was really good at it.
0: And here you are all these years later still hooping it up. Yeah. Who were the role models, the people you looked up to in the sport of basketball?
1: My role models were probably my coaches. Like, they always pushed me, like, um, Preston Parker and William um, Baker, like, all those coaches that I had – when I was little, they always pushed me. They always knew how good I was, like my um, my best friend's mom. Uh, she always helped me out, gave me rides and everything. She, they just always pushed me. And I seen how hardworking they were. And I was like, yeah, like they care about me a lot. And I want to do this for them.
0: Something else we were discussing, and if you don't mind sharing this experience, uh, but I'll leave that up to you. You, know, you stand at five foot 10, as I understand it. And oftentimes when I talk to athletes, especially when they're six foot or above, it's often hard to find clothes or shoes that will fit. Uh, now, I know you're not quite six feet, but I caught a conversation where you were discussing some of the trials and tribulations that come with being a taller, bigger female in terms of frame. Uh, what has your experience been like growing up being one of the taller figures out there
1: my experience is like you can't always like with clothes and everything like you're saying you can't always find your size and like you're always going to have like clothes coming up short you can't really always put them in a dryer because they'll dry and so you have to like you I just stay away from pants sometimes or like I'll like put my socks above my pants if I'm really caring if not I'll just wear them but most of the time, I'll stay with sweats because they're comfortable. Like most basketball players like sweats. They're just something that you could just fly right on and like you could mix them with anything. They're just really comfortable.
0: And as you were growing, making your way through the traveling teams, ultimately at Roseville, when did you sense that you had a knack, a feeling that? basketball was the sport that would take you places
1: I had an act I knew that like this would be like my sport when I was back at Humboldt like a lot of people were coming up to me oh you're so good and I was like oh well I didn't really know that I was that good like people came up to me and were like you should really think about doing this like for a living and I was like You're probably right, like this is something that I love and like it's really fun to do. And like if the competitiveness in the sport is just really fun to like go out there and try to like beat someone in basketball. It's just like, it gives you like a thrill to like go out there and just play a sport that you love really hard and give it all that you got and then come out on top in the end.
0: So you originally enrolled at Humboldt before going to Roseville?
1: Yes, I went to Humboldt for, for sixth through eighth
0: grade and what led you to change to Roseville if you don't mind me asking
1: so I mentioned my coaches earlier Preston Parker and my best friend's mom uh, Marnie Lofgren they all wanted like they wanted me and my like other two best friends to like stay playing together since we were little so they were like you guys should all go to Roseville and you guys should all play together. And they'll be like, just like you are little, you'll be playing together and you'll have so much fun. And I was like, that sounds like a really good point. And I was like, I've like seen Roseville playing there like so good. So I was like, I would love to play a sport with my best friends and play on a good team that I know good is good. And then we, the year that I transferred, we made it to state.
0: That's right, you reached the semifinal round, uh, knocking off Creighton-Durham Hall in the quarters that year. What would you say were the differences, similarities as far as culture, environment, going from an inner city program in Humboldt, where you know, they've had some success in women's basketball, the Shea Holt, the all-time leading score, and then would do the same at St. Catherine. Uh, they'd won a conference title many years ago, but you know, Humboldt, maybe not on par with Roseville as far as athleticism. And that's not a knock on the athletes. It's just a noting where the two schools are. But for you, what was the difference? What was that experience like going from Humboldt and then going to Roseville, which has that mixture of inner city and suburban vibes, if you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it was very different. I, I was at Humboldt just doing my thing and then like going to Roseville, I went over there and they were they were saying words I didn't even know. I was like, "Whoa, we did not hear this back at Humble." I was like, "This is a very different program, very different athletes, like more higher up." I would say not to knock on the athletes, like you said, but it was it was more difficult. Like I was I was over there like scoring like thirty. I came over here, I was like, "Whoa, what am I doing? I'm not scoring that much as I was." So it was a very different change and like very different athletes.
0: What were some of the vocabulary terms that caught you by surprise?
1: It's kind of embarrassing, but like, he said like, um, I can't remember the exact term, but it was like the one for like the corner, the um, top of the key in the corner. He said a specific term and I was like, what is that? <laughs> and so he just pointed out to me, I felt like so dumb at the time. And then I was just like, yeah, let me just go to the spa and I'll just be quiet. <laughs>
0: If it makes you feel any better, region A, I'm not exactly sure what term that is either. Usually, I would say like corner three or in the corner, because that's what I'm used to. You know, wing, top of the key, all of that. I will say this though, region A. It might seem embarrassing for you when you don't understand those terms, but you realize, especially as you get older, that happens a lot. You're gonna just encounter terms and words and dogs and (laughs) (laughs) guests and guests who will drop in unexpectedly but sometimes when I speak with athletes at the high school college and pro levels I find myself having to look up terms on urban dictionary just because I'm hearing it being used and I don't know what it means and I'm trying to find out what it means and so you might find this amusing Recently, I discovered the slang term for bets, which for me growing up, I always associated that with making a wager, something along those lines, whether it's betting on a sporting event, casino, et cetera, until I realized, oh, bet has this alternate meaning that, like, okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So your words that might seem second nature to you But for me, I'm going, wait, when did bet become a slang term now? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my point is we're always learning and we're always growing. And I'm sure that may happen again in college ball, but I think you'll be all right. And it's like, once you're smart enough to realize that you don't know everything, I think that makes it easier. So don't feel like you have to know everything because hopefully you will have people who will help you learn along the way.
1: Right. Yes. They definitely helped me learn a lot of things over at Roseville.
0: On a related note, not too many people that I know have an apostrophe in their name. And I think that's your case. So how did your name come about? Do you know the history behind it? And how did that apostrophe get in there? And I ask because I don't know too many folks out there that share your name, and I think it's kind of cool. It's fun to hear some of these stories that go into it.
1: Yeah, so I actually have like a apostrophe and an accent over my e, but I don't really like put that in my name. But I don't know the backstory of it. I know I just know my godmom named me, and I actually have a funny story. So my sister, she's only two weeks older than me. Like her birthday is December second, mine's is December nineteenth, so we're both eighteen. And her name is Rogene and mine's is raising So every time I tell someone that story, they're just like, whoa, you guys have similar names.
0: At Roseville, you said you made it to state your freshman year. And although you weren't able to make a return trip, what was that experience like for you? You came over from Humboldt where you were scoring 30. You go to roseville you're not scoring 30 on a regular basis but you had the chance to prove yourself in the state tournaments and go on this wild ride and you were able to continue a a high level of excellence beyond that uh, but what do you remember from that season
1: from that season i wasn't like fully on varsity i just know that We got to stay, and I was just so excited. I got in for a couple of minutes. Like, I got in, like, at the end, you know how, like, coaches do you when you're um, on JV and you're, like, ready to get in. So I got in a few uh, minutes later in, like, some games, and I was just like, whoa, this feels so different to be, like, on the state floor, all these lights, all these fans, like watching you, it was just a really big, nice experience to get to to um, experience. So I was like, oh, I want to do this again, but I want to do it where I can actually play the full game, going full throttle on everything.
0: How would you say you improved as an athlete as you got more playing time and more experience playing for Roseville? through your two different coaches and through all of the bumps that have come along the way, especially this past season?
1: I'm sorry, can you repeat that?
0: How would you say you've grown and developed as a player through your time at Roseville?
1: Oh, I think that coming from my freshman it was a lot, to, um, it was a lot different. I think I've grown a lot as a player. I hear, I hear from my coaches a lot and I, I see that all the progress that I've made, I've gotten really good at defense and on stealing the ball and everything. So I think coming from humble to where I kind of got it easy over there, coming here and having to work harder for it, it definitely made me better as a player.
0: And you weren't the only St. Paul product to go to Roseville. Tamia Yugis, who will be playing at LSU, started at Highland Park and then, like yourself, made the move to Roseville, the two of you seniors this year. What would you make of your camaraderie as teammates? And how excited are you to see her continue her journey as a division one athlete?
1: I'm so excited for Tamia, like the way she got she got into lsu that is a big deal like that's a big deal for someone and i just see how she's so excited to play i seen that our last game she was so sad that she couldn't play because of her knee injury and she was like i it's so sad for me not to be able to play with you guys again it was, it was my senior year and I just wanted to play one last game with you because if we, if we would have won, she probably would have got to play in like the next game. So she was sad about that and all of us were sad for her because we wanted her to play again. Like it's your senior year. You should be able to end it on a high note.
0: Right. And as we learn sometimes the hard way that doesn't always happen as far as things going as planned and, uh, There you are, the video signal. I was like, did we lose you? Okay. Now in the case of Tamia, she had placed her verbal and then signed her NLI to go to LSU. Did that last year. You are still deciding on some schools. So what has the process been like for you? And if you don't mind, what are you still considering? What has led you to not commit to a school yet?
1: Um, I'm just, I'm still going to like visit schools. I'm supposed to be going to visit a school later on in the week when my mother gets back from vacation. Like I I just, I'm waiting to see like what school best fits me. I haven't been to that many schools, so I don't want to like make the wrong choice. I just want to make sure I'm like really sure on what school I'm going to start going
0: to. How many offers have you fielded? And I'm not smart enough to weasel out like your first choice or like where you're thinking, but what are the factors? What are you considering that will play into your decision to find a college?
1: I'm not really like considering a lot of things. I just want to make sure like, that I, I'm going to a good school where I can, I know that I'm going to get better at basketball and I know I'm going to excel in my academics. I just want to make sure that is those two are a factor in my academics and my um, getting better at basketball.
0: And what have you learned from your experience for other athletes? What next year or down the road who might be experiencing what, you are. A lot of athletes make their decisions early or in the fall. Some, like yourself, will wait a little longer to see how things play out. And as we've seen, it's not a race. You don't have to make an announcement that first day that you're able to. But what would you tell someone else who is holding out or waiting for that right opportunity?
1: I would say I was looking at like people who were like committing early and I was like, oh, should I be committing right now? Should I be getting to colleges, talking to them, committing and telling them that I'm going to go to their school? But then I realized like not everybody can like just know where they're going. And like some people do have to take their time. And I got I got started at my recruitment process really late. So that's also another factor on why I'm I'm still waiting. So I would just say, like, take your time and don't rush into it. Don't don't look at other people committing and then say that you have to do it. Like, just wait until you can really say that you want to go to this school.
0: And you mentioned starting the process late. So when were you thinking about continuing to play basketball in college?
1: I've always just thought about it, but me like not having someone in my life who's Who's all about basketball? Like I was probably the only one in my family who was like even interested in basketball. Like my mom rarely comes to games, so like I don't really get that much like support or whatever. So I just didn't know like where to start or how to start or what connections I had to have. Like I have to um, I had to go through coaches, like my AAU coach, to have them help me through my recruitment process because I didn't really know what I was doing.
0: Well, Rayjanae, sometimes I still don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Right. So who would you consider, who are the people that have supported you throughout your time as an athlete where maybe you don't have the traditional support network at times, but from what you're telling me based on your friendship with Samia, for example, there's no lack of support for you as an athlete, as a basketball player. And so who are the people that have stood behind you throughout your time as an athlete?
1: I'd say my best friend's mom, Marnie Lofgren. She's always been been there for me. She's came to, like, a lot of games. She just couldn't come this season because of COVID and everything. And then my uh, other best friend's dad, Preston Parker, he was also my coach and everything, they were there for – my whole basketball career, they've, they've always supported me and came to my games and always told me like what I could do and how I could be greater. And I've just been with them through my whole basketball career.
0: How difficult was it since you know that not everyone could be with you due to attendance restrictions? What was it like playing in front of small crowds, sometimes empty crowds Certainly not what you're accustomed to in a regular season game or in a normal year where you have all of your routines, the concession stands and everything, all of the minutia that goes along with a basketball game. This year, of course, everything seemed abnormal. How strange was that? And how long did it take for you to get used to it?
1: Well, it wasn't really that strange for me because, you know, like, I, like, never really had anybody in the crowds to, like, to go, like, oh, they're up there to go look look at them. But, like, I know, like, we, we do have, like, bigger crowds normally, like, the other people's parents and, like, family members come out. And, like, it was, we were, like, we were shocked because we didn't think that we would actually have that, like, many people. So, we were, like, oh, we have a big crowd than normally. So, we were actually, like actually happy for all the people that came and supported us because they could and it was a risk for everybody if you could come out there. So we're happy if you wanted to support us and everything.
0: Overall, how vital was that support for you coming in from Humboldt and then making the move to Roseville so you have to, in some ways, start over as far as finding your place in the community Figuring out who you are, all of that, because something I want my audience to pick up on based on what you're telling me, even though you might have been a latecomer to the recruiting experience and maybe the basketball experience, maybe you're not on a first name basis like Paige Beckers and Adalia McKenzie, but it sounds like you have gained a lot by sticking with basketball. How vital has that support network you spoke of and just your own ambition to get better? How vital has that been for you?
1: It's been vital. Like, so I me knowing like I'm not as big as Adalia and Paige, like I just, I know that like, well, they have, they're, they're really good. Like they, I look at them and I'm like, wow, I, I wanna be that big someday. Like they've just, they've outgrown like, a lot of things, and I look at them, and I'm just, like, I'm so happy for people like that who can come out and just everybody's looking for them, and everybody knows your name, and I'm just, like, well, I want to get, like, right there one day, so that's what I've been working towards, like, that's what I put my mind to every day I step on the court, like, I want to be big.
0: And what are some advice or tips that you've received from your coaches, whether it was your former staff or the current Staff led by Tanisha Scott. What are some pointers that they passed along to you that you have found helpful?
1: The main pointer, pointer that I've got, like overall, is to be consistent because I'm not I'm not as consistent as I want to be, like with my games. Like some games, I'm I'm a good shooter. Some games, I'm not. Some games, I'm getting a lot of steals. Sometimes, some games, I'm just not getting any at all. So those are the games that I want to be more consistent on.
0: And looking back at your time as a Roseville athlete, you've experienced a lot. And I think you could say that no matter what school you play for, because sports is unpredictable like that, whether it's injuries, big games, rough games, you just never know until you play them. That's why we are attracted to these sports. But what will you remember most fondly about your time at Roseville?
1: I remember like, all the times that we always like came up on top and we've always like gone like one of our traditions is to go to Perkins after like big games. We'd all just sit there and we'd all just have a good time and celebrate the win. And we'd all just come together as a team and see how we're doing and like reflect on our season. We didn't get to do that this season because of COVID of course, but that's our main thing that we do. We just go out to eat at Perkins and see how everybody's doing and everything.
0: What were some other sports that you took up, uh, if any? I know basketball is your primary sport, but I asked because I see that powder puff shirt you've got on, so I'm wondering what other sports uh, did you take up throughout your time as a high school athlete?
1: So I took, out, I took up softball, which I really loved. I wish I could have played that again. But then I took out took a uh, track, which I didn't really like that much. But people were like, "Oh, you should do it again. You should do it again." I signed up for it last year, but COVID happened, and so I was like, "I don't really want to like do track again because I wasn't really interested in it. Like, I didn't really like track." And then like football, we we didn't really have a football team. But if we had a football team, I probably play football. I love football so much. Like my team won the uh, Power Power Puff. So I was, like, I was the um, the wide receiver, and I caught, like, all the passes. I'm really good at football, and I love football. I wish that we had a girls' football team at Roseville.
0: So football is your favorite sport?
1: Basketball is my favorite sport, favorite sport, but I love football. It's really fun. <laughs>
0: Well, if you ever get that itch to play football at some point, I do know a women's league, and there's a women's team around here that wouldn't mind adding you to their roster, so something to keep in mind. Okay. And I guess if you wanted to try softball again, you still could, but, you know, that's up to you, of course, since I would think we'll have a spring season of some kind.
1: Yeah, they're they're having a season, I'm pretty
0: sure. What position did you play in softball?
1: I played center field. I was like, I picked it up really fast, and it was kind of easy for me. And I, it took me a while to get used to the hits because I wasn't, I wasn't really getting that many hits. But in the field, I was good at catching the uh, out, out, um, outfield balls.
0: I guess that doesn't surprise me because you have to have good hands in basketball uh, to catch and receive passes otherwise you're going to run into trouble now softball's a little different the ball is a little bit smaller in diameter but i'm like yeah i could see how you would be a good uh, fielder for that reason
1: yeah <laughs> and i ran the bases pretty fast that's another reason they're like you should you're really fast to come play softball i was like oh okay i'll try it and i ended up loving it
0: are you the fastest player in your team at roseville
1: no there's sarah grossi we like when we run the mile, she like passes me like five times. And I'm like, you just passed me like a second ago. How fast are you? She's so fast. I'm not the fastest. There's there's more people faster than me.
0: It reminded me of the scene from the MCU and Captain America, the on your left. It sounds like that's what grossy is. Uh, you run your mile, and then <laughs> here she comes around again. It's almost like on your left, uh, just repetitive, <laughs> on repeat.
1: Yeah, like every second I hear some little footsteps coming up behind me. I'm like, that's Sarah. I'm going to get passed again.
0: (laughs) At least in basketball, that's less of an issue. You don't have to worry about getting passed so much, right?
1: Right, just running back and forth, not around.
0: (laughs) If you don't mind, what are some other interests of yours outside of sports that you see yourself taking up? whether it's in college or when you enter the professional ranks so what are some other things that you like to do
1: so I like to um I'd say like I have a like backup plans if that's what you're talking about like um you mentioned one time um a flight attendant I would love to like travel the world and people are like well a flight attendant is a good like like position that you could do to travel the world so I was looking at that and then like Maybe like a counselor. I just like being in people's business. And I feel like it'd be it would be fun to like be like be in someone's business and tell them like, oh, well, I think you should do this. And so that would be really fun. <laughs> so one of those two.
0: Well, Rajanae, I have to give you props for finding a productive outlet to get into people's businesses because like for me, I try to avoid that because I'm not into gossip. I don't want to spread rumors but as a counselor therapist you you might be trained for that and then it's all right like okay here's the situation but that's kind of funny that you're considering that path just because you like to hear what's going on
1: yeah it's just like i like being in people's like minds like i've like seen like movies and seen like what therapists can do like they really help people a lot that just being in people's business is just like a plus of it, but like helping people out is like mainly what's like important in the in the field. So I was like, that would be like a fun too. Plus you get to like, you get to be a businesswoman, just have your own office and like sit down and actually be a business woman.
0: Well, when you brought up your aspirations of being a flight attendant, I noticed that was something consistent you had listed in the breakdown guidebook that I purchased every year no matter what, you'd say the most unusual thing about yourself is that you want to be a flight attendant. Uh, so what fascinates you about that profession? Because some athletes will change up their answers. You have said like, I would love to be a flight attendant someday. What led you to that interest?
1: I just love like, I just want to go see the world. And as a flight attendant, you can do that. Like they they, like, that's what you do. You fly around the world. And I just really want to go see the world, the world when I'm older.
0: And going off my last question, what would you say is the most unusual thing about yourself that people wouldn't necessarily know about you when they met you for the first time?
1: Um, I'd say maybe like my goofiness. I'm just like very goofy. Like every like every team that I've always joined, like I'm probably the most goofiest one like this year with a, a newcomer on a team, Mikhail Houghton we've like always joked around and said like i'm funnier or she's funnier we just always been like the like the team clowns
0: so who would you say is the funnier of the two
1: me of course she's she's a great, she's a great but sometimes she has days but it's me to me is the third to me is funny but she's the third
0: i'll take your word on that only because I'm not there all the time. And when I've covered Roseville games, either in volleyball or basketball, and I had the chance to catch up with Tamia, she doesn't really show that goofball side of herself. I'm sure it's there, but no, she's always been courteous, respectful with me. And we always connect, say hello. And, you know, I'm excited to see what she can do. You You saw, she got an article this past year on sports engines, girls basketball hub and, I don't think there's anyone out there who isn't rooting for her when you think about her talents as an athlete, her story, what she has done to get to this point. So I'd say you've got a pretty good triumvirate of comedians.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love Tamia so much. She's, she's really goofy, but like you always take Tamia serious. Like she's just that person who you can't like really like, sometimes you can't take her serious at all because like she's so big and funny and you're like, you're just so funny. I can't really take you serious, but she's she's funny
0: and she's serious at the same time. So, Rayshanae, throughout your time as a basketball athlete, or any sport, throughout your life in sports to this point, what has been the most exciting moment and the most embarrassing moment?
1: Um... I think the most exciting moment was definitely going to stay and seeing how that worked. Of course, that was just a really good and big like experience for me. Um, the funniest moments. Um, I'm sorry, I'm gotta think. There's been a lot of them. Probably like there's this one time on the bus where a player had like this like um, cheddar broccoli soup and it spilled in her bag. And everybody was like looking around the bus and it was just like this really bad smell. And everybody tracked it back to her because it was her cheddar broccoli soup that spilled in her bag. And she was just so mad. And it was just so hilarious.
0: What was that smell like?
1: It was really bad. Like, I feel like it's been in her bag for like a week, but it, it had just spilled, I think. And it was just like, it stunk up the whole bus. And so she had to like, wash her bag like four times.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, the rest of you are probably cracking open the windows, trying to aerate the bus so that you don't have to put up with the smell of soup. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I, you wouldn't think that soup would smell like that, but it smells so bad.
0: Well, I do find it amusing that the silliest moment wasn't something that necessarily happened to you. So maybe that speaks to your talents as a player to avoid doing something like scoring on the wrong basket.
1: Oh, yeah, I haven't done that, but I've seen a player just do that. <laughs> oh, I have an embarrassing moment. Like, it started off, like, um maybe last year, like, airballing free throws. That is so embarrassing. I do, I tend to do that sometimes when I get nervous. I just think about, like, how many people are looking at me at a free throw, so I just start shaking, and then I airball it. It's, it's, it's really embarrassing. <laughs>
0: A few players have done that whether it's at the free throw line or they talk about hitting the backboard or just missing a shot so badly that they're going how did that happen. Yeah. Looking forward, what are some things you're excited about what majors are you considering. Because no matter where you go, you hopefully will get the chance to play college basketball. So what are you excited about with the road that lies ahead?
1: I'm excited to pick my uh, school and then pick my major. I've, I'm probably picking um, psychology so I can do the, the um, going into the field of a counselor. So I'll be picking uh, psychology.
0: And something that you and I imagine many other athletes around the metro have dealt with, you know, not only have we been dealing with a pandemic in this last year, but moments like George Floyd's death rippled throughout the community. And so players, including your teammates, they've all had something to say about it. You know, these are conversations that will likely continue long after the Derek Chauvin trial and other hot button moments when it comes to civil rights. What would you make of everything that has transpired in this last year? Whether it was your own teammates saying something about it, going to protests or organizing rallies, the WNBA dedicating last season to people like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor. These are conversations that aren't going anywhere and this is something that you and i will have to grapple with i imagine for a long time
1: yeah i would say like i wish i could have been a part like of of the protest and everything like my mom didn't want me going out there because of like all the craziness that was happening but i wanted to go out to the protest and do my support because what's going on is like really sad and like when that happened, I was just like in bed for like days because like I'm like how could something so bad happen to a man who's just trying to get back home to his kid? And I'm just like I don't really like what's going on in the world. I'd rather like stay away from all that and but I really wanted to go to the protest and I really wanted to like show my support and everything because as a fellow black person, it's really hard to see all these black people being wrong, wrongfully done.
0: How would you say the role of an athlete has changed or evolved in that time? Because like you said, you wanted to go out to the protest, but you also were mindful of your safety. But I know Tamia is highly outspoken about it on her social media channels. I know a few players who went to protests and the WNBA had Breonna Taylor's name on the back of their jerseys last season. And they're continuing that discussion this year and beyond there was a time when athletes would be reluctant to get into current events the way they are now, but you would be, I imagine you will be a part of this movement. If we have another situation or another incident like George Floyd last year, as you noted, these aren't things that happen in a vacuum. These are things that really, get to you that really strike a chord and just make you feel anxious for lack of a better word how do you think the role of athletes not only in sports but in activism how has that evolved and how do you see yourself contributing to that discourse
1: I see myself having a bigger voice that I'm an athlete like I'm out there already doing something like in the world so I see like You could have a bigger voice if you're, you should have a bigger voice if you're an athlete, like you have more people on your platform and more people in your corner. So you could like speak your mind and like, they'll hear you and they'll maybe the people who like, aren't as big as like going to protest and everything, they'll hear you and be like, yeah, I wanna go support.
0: And looking back throughout your journey, What has sports done for you? Basketball has taken you a few places, and it sounds like it will take you to college, whether that's D3, JUCO, or wherever you end up. And there could be more than one stop on that path. I know, as I said before the broadcast, Olivia Antilla comes to mind, several (laughs) athletes at the D1 level will change schools, and then some will start one area and then finish someplace else. So there is no one right way to do this, but what do you think sports has done for you that without it, you know, you wouldn't get to experience?
1: I think sports have made me like a better person. Like I've noticed that I'm more like, more likely to go to a gym than go like out and have like a party or something. It's keep, it's, it's kept me like more like, indoors and more, like, ready to go play a basketball game than more, like, than, like, other students. I think that it's kept me more, like, safe, like, cautious around my grades and everything to keep them up and everything so I can continue playing. I think it's just, like, made me, like, have better, like, respect and I have, like, more respect for a lot of people and I want to, like, instead of, instead of going out and party, like, a lot of athletes, I mean, a lot of teenagers, I'd rather, like, go in a gym.
0: That's an interesting take, Region a And you also spoke of being the first member of your family to take up basketball and to really make sports a part of your identity. You've talked about the people who have supported you along the way. Were there any moments or times where people came up to you and said, you inspire me?
1: Um, I haven't really got a lot of those, but like when we like, um. We do, like, the Little Hoopers camp. I know a lot of them, like, they come up to you and they want, like, your autograph and everything. And that really that really excites me. Like, oh, little kids want my autograph. Maybe that they'll want, like, more of it and they'll see me on the big screen one day.
0: How surreal was that, that kids in these Little Hoopers camps and other activities you do, how surreal was it when people are asking you for an autograph?
1: I was, like, really, I was, like, you want my autograph? Just little me. So I, I was, I was really surprised and it was like really fun to just sign their little papers and their shirts and have to see how excited they were to come to basketball and see that they want to do this when they're older, just like me.
0: And I think it also emphasizes how much you might mean to someone when they're little, maybe you don't become the superstar athlete down the road, but one of those kids might remember who you are a few years later when they're playing high school ball or if they happen to run into you in public or elsewhere. And I think it goes to show that you just never know who's watching. So whether or not you're the star player, you could be making a positive difference for somebody. Yeah,
1: I think that like if a little kid was to see me, that they like appreciate
0: you this podcast might set a record for the highest number of cameo appearances
1: yes i'm sorry (laughs) hey
0: it's fine this is zoom and this isn't something that any of us were prepared for a year ago so i've just learned to sometimes bow to the absurd but i wonder they see this and they're like here how do i get on camera oh i know
1: just walk out the house
0: (laughs) There's walk out the door, walk through the door. Yes, well, you you better be careful the next time you do one of these uh, if anyone tries to photobomb you.
1: Yeah, they just pop out their head out the door.
0: (laughs) So when kids are coming up to you asking for autographs, when you hear stories, when you see the joy that comes to their faces, when you get a chance to play a small part in their lives and you see the impact that being a student athlete can have in the community, how do you think that has helped you grow as a leader?
1: I think it's helped me grow because like knowing that little kids are looking up to me, is really like, oh, I want to do better to show little kids what what they're capable of and what they can do and they could really make it to the big screens and everything. They could they could be me one day signing little kids autographs and everything. So I, I really like, I, show, I put myself out there to like go help little kids so they can do what I'm doing later on.
0: And on top of that, even though you moved elsewhere, you did start at Humboldt. And a lot of folks like to give flack to inner city kids, inner city programs, things of that nature. I know Como Park uh, has dealt with some of that a little bit uh, with stereotypes and whatnot. Uh, we would need a whole nother conversation to get into all of that. But I can point to you. I can point to Lachey Holt to made something out of seemingly nothing or Tamia, who started at Highland finished at Roseville and all the other athletes who found a way to make it work from the inner city you have a chance to add your name to that list and it's far more nuanced than I think mainstream media would lead you to believe but knowing that hey you are, are proof that you can make something no matter where you come from, what does that mean for you?
1: It means a lot to me because I, me coming from Humboldt and not really knowing a lot about basketball and then going to Roseville to coming to like a lot of different things, it's just like very different and I'm happy that I got to experience different things and I've, I've got to um, be coached by Lachey Holt, and she's so amazing. I really love her. And playing with Tamia, it's like really shows you like where people can come from and how big they can be.
0: I know Lachey has really taken up coaching seriously, whether it's younger athletes or her younger siblings. Uh, that's something she has invested a lot of time into now that her playing days are done. And your story I don't know where it will end (laughs) as far as basketball and your other ventures, but you know, here you are not having the lineage, so to speak, which is fine because every saga has a beginning, but I have a lot of athletes who come on and say, Oh, I picked up the sport through my parents. or I watched a lot of NBA or WNBA or my siblings are doing it. My friends are doing it here you are, obviously the passion was there, but you've had to forge some links and connections on your own. You've had to build your network in ways that not every athlete does. So for anyone who might be in your situation where maybe they are the first in their family to take up basketball or other sports, and they have to work a little bit harder to get in touch with the people who will help them become smarter players and citizens, what advice would you offer them?
1: Um, I just say like if you're starting off from like nothing and you realize that you want to do it I just say try it and if you love it then keep doing it because I didn't think that I was going to love basketball as much as I do but I really do love it and I started off from nothing and no support to a lot of support and being in, a, in Roseville basketball which is a big a, excited thing to do.
0: I would say so. And I can't wait to see what the future holds. Is there anything else about your story, Regine, that you haven't touched on that, or we haven't touched on, that you would like to add?
1: Um, no, not really. We touched it all.
0: (laughs) Up to this point, at least. And I've got a feeling there's more on the way, but what are you going to miss most about Roseville now that your time in basketball is done? Maybe you take up softball on the track again, who knows? But now that you know your high school career in basketball is over, what are you going to miss most about it?
1: I'm going to definitely miss the people who I've made a connection with on my team. I'm like, if I go away, like, to wherever. I know I'm not going to see them as much, but if I stay in Minnesota, I'm definitely going to go to their games and everything because I love those girls so much. They, they made a different, like they made me who I am some somewhat. And I know that they're, they made me be a better player playing with them. And I love them a lot.
0: And on that note, whether it was at Roseville or in AAU ball, because I understand you played for UVA this past summer, or you, you can go, up, go back earlier. I wouldn't ask you who your favorite teammate is because you played with so many that I think it would be tough to name just one, but uh, what are some moments or memories that symbolize the friendships you have built with your teammates, whether it was Tamia at Roseville or in the AAU circuit where you get to mix it up with athletes you would never get to play alongside with without it?
1: Um, When I first started AAU, I didn't like I didn't even know what AAU was. I came from Humboldt not knowing what AAU was until I came to Roseville. And Jada Hood introduced me to um, AAU and she introduced me to Peter Long to play with the songs. And that was my first time hearing about AAU, playing AAU or anything. So that was fun. And I just like the people who I play with in AAU, I've never like seen before or anything. And I was like, this is very new to me. And I'm happy that I got that experience also because that helped my career too.
0: And on the flip side, are there any moments you can recall where your presence inspired others on AAU or high school teams?
1: Um. Maybe there's there's this game where I played for um, this team and we were down one and I'm and um, they called on me to like make the like the winning shot and I made it and we we were all just jumping around the court because. It was a it was a big play. Like they drew up a play, and I uh, I did it perfectly, and then we won the game. And I took a picture with the scoreboard, of course, holding up the little one that I made. So I feel like people were looking at that game, especially for me, because that's when people realize that like they can come to me for like the last game-winning point.
0: So you've got a buzzer beater on the resume.
1: Yeah, I got a couple.
0: Okay. A couple. So, well, those are always nice to have. I think, you know, that's the dream for any athlete is to be the one to take that last shot and come out with the win. It uh, doesn't always work out that way. As you know, with
1: yeah. the
0: sport of basketball, sometimes you run into a cold stretch or sometimes you can drop the right plate just doesn't go in, but that's real cool. You've got a couple of buzzer beaters and uh, you know, you've really touched on a lot for someone that, as you said started with nothing you had to build these connections on your own but what you've done so far to me is proof that it can be done and that it doesn't matter where you start as long as you're able to invest the time and energy and positivity as well because i think making sports work requires resilience of that nature to get to those hard moments but I'd like to think your proof that you don't have to start with anything in order to get something out of it.
1: Yes, definitely. Starting, I feel like starting with nothing definitely makes you a hard player and like want to do it, to make more of it, to get more out of it.
0: Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to finding out when you will decide on a college. I imagine a few others are waiting for that moment too. So Obviously, I can't rush you. This is a process that you have to go through that you have to decide at your own pace. But as I told you, you the one thing that I hated most was missing out and getting a chance to continue sharing stories like yours. I'm glad we've been able to do that in podcast form, but hopefully I'll get the chance to do it again in a game next season. Because, yeah, the hardest part was not being able to see you and so many other athletes that I've gotten to know over the years. And I can't wait to get back out there.
1: Yes, I can't wait for you to get back out there. It was it was a really exciting uh, season this year, especially being different.
0: Different, but, hey, there's still a state tournament. I know you'll have to be a spectator, but oh, here's to hoping we get to play it out and you know, no matter what, your story isn't finished just yet. So I imagine it was hard knowing. Earlier this week, you played your last game, but I also imagine it was tempered by the fact that. No matter what, I see myself continuing to play basketball.
1: Yes, definitely. Going into our last game, not knowing that it was our last game, but I had an out- I had like to come out at the end and it was like well, this isn't my last game completely. It's just my last game as a Rose Bowl Raider, and I will continue to be great wherever I take my basketball career.
0: I have no doubt about that, and I know you're going to have a lot of support. Uh, I'm good friends with Tanisha, and something that sticks with her no matter what school she coaches, the support she has for the athletes that, have touched her in a significant way, whether it was at South or Salle, now at Roseville. She almost always has something nice to say about the athletes that she coaches. And I know they'll be cheering you on and everyone else who comes to your games will do the same.
1: Yes, definitely. And I love Tanisha.
0: <laughs> it's kind of hard to not like Tanisha.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's a personality that Definitely
0: fit into the team. Yeah, my only gripe with her is that I'm still waiting to get her on the podcast, but one day that will happen. We've been going back and forth on it for a couple of years, and I know she has a daughter of her own, and and she's got priorities. So I say that jokingly because you know, realistically, I think we can give her a pass. <laughs> but uh, that's the beauty of this podcast is that uh, there is no time limit and there is no wrong answer. And I really enjoyed some of the answers you've had to offer and some of the hopes and dreams you aim to pass on to others.
1: Yes, thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you for sharing a part of your story, Rayjanae. And whenever you start your college career, perhaps we'll have to do this again.
1: Yes, definitely. I'll let you know when I make a decision.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll be waiting. And as we said, a few others will be too. So I wish you the best of luck as you continue that process and Hopefully, like you said, I can get back out there soon so I can see you, whether it's at a D3 you spoke of or at the JUCO level or who knows, maybe Division I. You never know.
1: All right, you never know.
0: <laughs> well, Rajon A. Meadows of Roseville Area High School we will find out when she decides on a college. And, and I can only presume it will be an exciting moment for her and everyone else when that Time comes. Until then, if you want to be a guest on a future episode of this podcast, just contact us at social media at the Mike Pieden on Twitter or Instagram. All you need is a good story, and we'd be happy to share it. So until next time, thanks for watching. If you'd like to support TSB Television programming, check us out on Patreon, PayPal, or Cash App. And thanks for watching Mike Up Sports.